welcome to Telling the Tales, the podcast where we'll go through every single episodic Telltale video game. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm joined, as always, by the beautiful and immaculate Dustin Cornelius Jackson. I think we've got that late night energy. Yeah. Oh, is that what that was? It was it. <laughs> I don't know. That was more of a, how the hell am I going to start this episode? You... Uh, just hold on, buddy. I'll take you there. Because uh, we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series, episode three, More Than a Feeling, released on August 22nd, 2017, uh, directed by Mark Drost, designed by Jean-Francois Gastaia and Matthew McManus, and written by Megan Thornton, uh, Zach Keller, and Jessica Krauss. Thank you all for giving us this thing we played. Yeah, more than a feeling. Um, I like the name of this episode. I feel like it's the most apt for what this episode is so far out of all the names. Yeah, because it is it is more than a feeling. It's an episode of a video game. Yeah, Dustin, let me just tell you, this is my favorite episode. Ooh, I like that. So far. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you feel the same way, but uh, the... Well, the episode is very literally about the emotions of the Guardians. But also, right. I just feel like the emotional impact of this episode compared to other episodes was a lot stronger. Um, It's hard for me to say, just because last episode had that great rocket scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did really enjoy this episode a lot, too. Yeah, I, th- I thought this was a very good one. I don't know if I like it more than episode two, but maybe... It, it's possible. You, you know what? Part of me wants to say yes just because the last episode was good, but I feel like that rocket scene did a lot of heavy lifting. Like, I, I enjoyed the rest, but that was like the breakout thing. Here you have, not to get ahead of ourselves, but like Mantis shows up. She's Mantis great. shows up, you have, yeah. Breakout character. You have, the, you have the stuff with uh, Gamora and Nebula, and those scenes are great. And then you have the stuff with uh, the team just in various different mental states in the episode this you know what i think i will say i like this one more just because it had a little more going for it okay you didn't have to i wasn't trying to get you to my side but no i I wanted to find out which side i was on i'm glad we came to the conclusion together yeah so the big reveal after last episode sort of left us on a hang uh almost called it a hangover a a a Cliffhanger. A cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> a cliffhanger <laughs> over guy. Uh, of Quill and Gamora entering sort of like a white void in the um in, in the temple that the Eternity Forge led them to. They right. they have a bunch of dream shenanigans in that space. Uh one for Peter and one for Gamora. We'll talk about those later. Um I just want to get to the point where it's revealed, and this is kind of the whole point, that the person on the other end of the Eternity Forge that was leading Peter to her uh, was Mantis, who's been locked up in a coffin at the end of the galaxy for, like, thousands of years. Yeah, that's already a crazy thing to start with. Yeah, it's a crazy thing to start with. I don't know if it has any kind of basis in how Mantis has ever been treated before. It is a departure from movie Mantis. Yeah, I think it works, though. I, I think uh, her reasoning, uh, I, I believe it, it ties into uh, the stuff with the Infinity Forge pretty well. Eternity Forge. Whatever. My guy. Um, Doesn't matter. Oh, n- no. The thing. Maybe maybe we shouldn't even do the podcast then. <laughs> no, I'll be good. I'll be okay. good. Okay, okay. Yeah, so she she says that the Eternity Forge is linked to her somehow. That part is kept vague. I don't think I learned it. Um, there, okay, how she's how she's attached to the Eternity Forge. Yeah. Uh, she said it for me. Oh, okay. What'd you say? Uh, well, first of all, she says she can go into her backstory. Did you? Yeah. Like skip it you can tell her to skip it this is a no i didn't do that i this is a very this is my least favorite part 
if we have a golden moment being our favorite part of the episode, this is this is our ungolden moment. Th- this is Brown Town. Like this is oh my goodness. Th- this is this is uh this is my gray day. <laughs> this is uh oh yeah um. Yeah, yeah, my gray day, my my uh, my blustery fuck cluster is um, the game puts you in a position where, like, you do definitely want to know what Mantis is all about. Um, right. Because she was just revealed to be the mystery at the end of the whole thing. If you don't care about that, what are you doing? Right. Like this. It's the <laughs> part. It's it's a narrative based game. And it's the point of the story. Up to this right. point. Like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of mystery about Mantis. And as Mantis explains her backstory, al- although only part of it, um, she the, the game keeps giving you options to be like, tell Mantis this is boring. Cut her off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, like, it's only maybe six sentences long. It's not that long. But it's just, it, it like, immediately put a bad taste in my mouth of, like, Dude, why would I not want to know this? All the characters in this that think it's boring before she gets to her third sentence, it, it just makes me so upset. And like, <laughs> see, I thought it, I thought it was funny. I thought it was great, and I I think part of it is because if you do want to listen to her whole thing, which you obviously do, it turns it into you are doing this to piss Rocket off. He does not want to listen to this, but you're gonna make sure he listens to all of it. And at the end, you can have Peter goes. That was very informative and educational, Mantis. I'm so glad we listened to all of it. And he looks over at Rocket just with this, like, shit-eating grin. You, you see, like, I couldn't even focus on what she was saying because of just the, the, the constant pop-ups. They give you, like, three options. Like, I bet you're super bored now. <laughs> every, like, after every see, sentence. See, that's another thing I thought was funny because you you can choose to cut her off. But also, you can just have Peter, like show that he is listening in a in a really douchebaggy way you, you like after every line she says you can just have him be like uh-huh uh-huh yep. <laughs> well yeah so like it, it, like she mentions the eternity forge and he's like uh-huh eternity forge yep their attempt at comedy in in trying to like be on the side of the player that they must be assuming like they must be assuming the player's like well why would i care about this like, well, if you don't care about this, you don't care about the story. If you don't care about the story, you shouldn't play this game. Like, it's it's a story game. I don't know what to tell you. I, of course you can buy into caring about this for, like, ten seconds. But because I was so distracted and angry about that, I actually could not pay attention to Mantis. I don't know what she said. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know what she said. <laughs> See, I, I feel like I feel the opposite about it. I thought it was fun because I do feel like these characters, like, yeah, as the player, you should be interested. You should want to know what her backstory is. But I, a lot of these characters do not. And so I like that it gives you that option. What did, e- even though what did she you say? Should. What did she say? Uh, she just says how, like, uh, she is... Okay, okay, hold on, let me remember, it's been a few hours Yeah, see, maybe you didn't listen either. No, I listened. (laughs) Uh, She's there to make sure whoever is using, because you know how she can, like, read emotions and memories and stuff? She can tell if whoever is using it is, will use it for, like, pure reasons. And uh, she calls uh, Peter... Like she says, she's waiting for the celestial one, and she thinks Peter is that. Yeah. Is the, the... yeah. 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 It, that that's about it. So in the movies, Peter is the son of Ego, which is not an yeah. always thing for the comic character. That is, uh, uh, that was a choice for the movie. Um, and, and Ego right. is a uh, celestial, so that makes Peter half celestial. Um. And right. it looks like they're calling him a celestial again here. Um, now in the movies, they also do make the choice that because um, both Peter and Mantis are uh, offspring of that celestial ego, that they're siblings. I like that. I like that connection. Yeah, they didn't. I, I don't think they're doing that here. No, it seems like they're unrelated. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities to flirt with Mantis. Yeah, so that would be weird. Mm. It would be Star Wars, <laughs> but uh, that's that's true. Yeah, that doesn't make it right. It does make it sci-fi, though. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. So, just every Mantis can help you do basically everything. She knows the ins and outs of the Eternity Forge. She knows where you need to go to power it up, and everything. Um, but she she comes with a disadvantage, which is she can't help you at all. If there's a bunch of, like, angry people on the ship because it's too loud for her. People with strong emotions overwhelming her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rocket's upset. Drax is upset. Gamora and Nebula are fighting. Groot has an inner journey that we can only speculate at. Well, I thought he was upset because it turned out Rocket was uh, lying about what Groot was saying, at least in this one instance. I yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing he felt upset about that. Yeah, it, it did seem like he had other opinions. <laughs> uh, he, he's got other stuff, too. Like, that was one reason he was upset at Rocket. Right. Um, yeah, and also, he at one point in the episode, they just show Groot holding a potted plant. And Peter goes, hey, is that a, is that a friend of yours? And Groot just sort of looks at it and smiles. And they don't, they don't <laughs> expand on that. Uh, it's just fun. Yeah, he's just a. He might be. He might be a friend. He's of got his own groups. little thing. Yeah, just a. Yeah. It just looks like a normal, like a ficus. Maybe it'll save the day in the end. Maybe, maybe that's a baby Groot because uh, baby Groot's popular. <laughs> that's true. They're like, we got to cash in on this. Yeah. So maybe he's gonna. <laughs> maybe he's gonna in, instead of be uh, becoming baby Groot, maybe he's gonna. Um, he has. He a has baby a baby Groot. Groot. Oh, that I, I, I don't know what happens in this season, so I can't say whether or not that is plausible. But I, I guess I could see it. It's um, it's like we, this way we can have our cake and eat it too. Yeah, is <laughs> um, hmm. I own most of the cakes I consume. <laughs> right, but then you consume it, and then you don't have it anymore. Is is the saying? Is that what it's about? Yeah. Have your cake and eat it too. You can't because if you eat it, you don't have it anymore. Well, I feel like they should put it backwards then. <laughs> don't like, do you know what I'm saying? Because like, if you say I didn't make you're, it, you're saying have your cake first. That's the first part. Uh huh. So first step, have it done. Right. Eat it too. Can do in that order. If you want to make the, the point about the other one, I think you'd have to say eat your cake and then also have it. Yeah, you you types. I don't I don't like what that means. <laughs> I don't like what you're. You're implying. always trying to. You're always trying to eat your cake and have it too. Eat your cake and have it also. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I guess it just doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Because if you say two, that would imply, um, like in addition to. So that can be an order based thing. But if you say have your cake and eat it. Also, I need to be doing both at the uh, same time. Have your cake and eat it also. And also be eating it. And also eat it at the same time. That's better. That It is better. That is that's a good saying. You're saying it's better like it's not, like you're joking, but it clearly is. I d- I proved it. <laughs> I well <laughs> I proved it's better. Like I don't know what to tell you, man. Okay, so <laughs> Um, yeah, so you go to the, the place Mantis directs you to eventually, you power up the thing, uh, or, or I chose to power up the thing, you can also destroy it. That's very interesting, I destroyed it. Interesting, interesting, okay, so what happened with you after that point? Um, like, after we chose to destroy yeah. it? So Hala comes in, starts attacking... And she tries to use it to bring her son back, uh, but it explodes in the middle of it and just sends her flying. Uh, So no one is brought back, and she is uh, very upset. Right, I imagine that to be the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But then it ends. Okay, so what happened for me was I powered it up, 
and uh-huh. Hala came in. And we, we had a, a major fight with Hala. Uh, as we killed her Kree helper people, all their souls went into the gauntlet. Yeah, that, that happened to me too, but I guess it didn't really matter. Well, that doesn't make sense. It should have been broken. Why did that happen? Well, because it wasn't done being destroyed yet. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you... It was like in the process of being destroyed. Gotcha. And so it was still sucking up their souls. And it started bringing her son back. She was like, oh, my son, it's good to see. And then he went like, ah, ah, and then he exploded. Oh, rough and day. the thing exploded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She basically watched her son die again. Uh, Yeah, so the gauntlet worked for me. So she did bring her son back. He's alive. And then uh-huh. she rose her entire Kree army we just killed. Um, hmm. And then she's like, you messed up. And then it cut to black. Uh, so <laughs> there's that. Uh, interesting uh, interesting division at the end. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad yeah. that we were on both sides of it. What made you pick Destroy? Uh, because it's too powerful a thing. We had Hala and the Kree coming for it. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like the right... I Like, it could be very helpful, but I felt like there was too many downsides to this thing. Someone has to die in order to use it, first of all. And then, yeah, the Hala and the Kree are coming for it to use it to bring all of her Kree people back. It, it, it just seemed like, no, this is a very dangerous thing we gotta get, gotta get rid of now before things get out of hand. Well, t- on- even even though Rocket was very upset about it, uh, but even then, Groot was, uh, Groot said, uh, he wants to see Rocket happy, but this isn't about him right now. <laughs> um, it felt pretty, I felt pretty good about my decision at first. When we were killing uh-huh. all those Kree, which seemed like something we were going to do regardless of our plans. So, <laughs> right. like, pretty good. Not even wasteful. Less wasteful uh-huh. even than we would have been otherwise. Um, but then Hala got it, and yeah, that, so that was a bad call. Yeah, see, that's exactly <laughs> why I destroyed it. Yeah. I figured, if we don't do this now, she is just going to come for it and eventually get it. Yeah, I realized I was going to lose the fight when the souls were sucked into the thing, because it was like, this is way too good. It's too convenient. I don't have to kill anyone <laughs> random. It's just, like, the people we already were in a life-and-death situation with are just being used for this. Perfect. Right. Yeah, no, it was bad though. It was it was bad because Holly got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's where it, it all went wrong. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in seeing where it goes from there though, because that seems like a big difference. It does. That's, yeah. That seems like a where. How can this go like the same way? Yeah. Uh, um. My my take on that was that the Guardians of the Galaxy just feel rougher morally than than normal people and while gamora and groot and i think nebula were all against um using the forge by the way nebula like almost immediately is turning out to be a nick from season two of walking dead um (laughs) because you can you can choose to have her with you or not Uh um so she's saying a lot less (laughs) she's she's here don't agree uh, oh no i don't agree with that at all I thought Nebula was like a huge presence in this episode. At, well, until that choice, because uh, at first you you, I, you have you have a lot of stuff with Nebula, and th- that choice to have her stay or not af- uh, comes after the two part memory flashback to her first, uh, I guess her first job. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, uh huh. And her betrayal of Gamora. After that point, Peter can say, "Nebula, you should stay," and then. And then Nebula kind of just says stuff in the background. It, like, she's kind of um, done after that point. I don't know. I I never felt the same way okay. about Nebula as I did Nick. With Nick, he's just... You save him in episode two, he does not say anything in episode three. He says, like, a line. He is not a presence, and then he's gone at the beginning of episode four. I feel like... Even if Nebula is gone after this, this episode she did a lot. She justified. <laughs> Remember when Nick had later. to take a nap when everyone else was talking? <laughs> yeah, Nick, you you just got to go over there, 
We 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 just can't muddy this up, and then you, don't worry, we'll kill you off screen next episode. It, it, it was so good. Like Luke was talking about, okay, guys, here's the plan. Everyone's gonna have a role, and then Nick stands up and goes, "I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta if get." If I out never of here. see you guys, if I never see you guys again, goodbye and have a wonderful life. It's important that I get out of here before you assign responsibility. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that is like the worst case of don't get too attached to this character. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then he gets stuck in a fence. Uh, yeah, poor guy. Oh well. Oops. No one was no one was upset at all when you tell them that Nick died. Everyone immediately continues. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, "Well, I was pretty sure he wasn't going to live forever." Yeah, <laughs> when he wasn't part of the plan last episode, I figured, oh, he's out of here. Um, uh, but Nebula, I thought, had a lot of, you know, you before had that point, she flashback. had a, a whole a very good arc for this episode. I'd say, yeah, I, I would at least say, I mean, it does fall in line with you can choose to keep this character around. Guess what? They ain't going to make it to the end. But I at least feel like they got a lot out of her before that. Which is more than I can give some characters they've had. Yeah, totally agree. Um, what else should we talk about? Should we talk? Okay, let's talk about the Peter flashback. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is another Peter and Peter's mom moment. Um, Peter goes to this like 1980s or early 90s um, like tech shop, I guess. It looked. I thought it was just like a video rental store because they had a lot of. They had the, stuff. Yeah, they had. But he went there specifically to copy Isma's mixtape, though. Yeah, they, they they had a bunch of uh, tapes, but they they also had like general electronics of the era. I, I saw some. Okay. Like TV stuff. There was a poster on the wall that I really liked called "Game Testers Do the Dream Job Tighten Up Those Graphics." <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's put some polish on level three. Can you believe we get paid to do this? <laughs> yeah, it's a good poster. Um, <laughs> this is... If this is what it comes down to, I'll be a little upset about it. Um, but, like, there was a okay. there was a post... Or there was a promise that Peter could make in episode one to his mom. About whether or not you're ever going to be violent and hitty people. Like, to hit people. Right. Are you going to be hitty of people? Are you going to be hitty? Are you going to be hitty, dude? And in in this one moment, like a a, a weirdly tall kid <laughs> uh, with, with just the beginnings, the, the feeble, hopeful beginnings of a mustache, uh, talks to Peter <laughs> and he like skips way past, hey, dork, you look ugly, all the way to my dad heard from your mom's doctor, she is going to die. Why even take the medicine? <laughs> just just uh, Whoa, immediately buddy. incredibly aggressive. Uh, and if you made a promise to her, you, you feel compelled? You feel compelled to just be like, no. <laughs> Not true, actually. Yeah, you should read a book. And, <laughs> and then uh, for me, because I said that, uh, Peter's mom slaps the shit out of this kid. Yeah. Yeah, she's same for me. Yeah, pretty cool. Which makes me wonder, like, would she really have been angry if I slapped him? I feel like yeah, she should have. No, she would. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she would have, but she shouldn't have been. Yeah, because she like, doesn't want you to be that way. Yeah, but like, even even after she slaps him, she's like, "Wow, I I really did not set a good example." But I'm glad you didn't hit him. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'd be a little upset if it just came down to that, too, just because that's such a, like, basic message, I guess. Yeah, I wonder if you made the choice in episode one to not make the promise, <laughs> and then you do hit him here. She's like, well, it's a good thing you didn't promise, because then you would have been breaking a promise. <laughs> I would I would have been real upset if you had promised me, but since you didn't, I guess I gotta let it slide. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta let him have it. <laughs> he, he didn't promise. Um, 
Yeah, I, I liked that scene. That was that was powerful. That was like when he found out how real his mom's illness was. Yeah. I th- I thought it was a good scene. Yeah. You had you had Mr. Pinkle. Was that the name of the guy? Yeah, the guy who worked at the at the place was named Mr. Pinkle. I didn't catch that. That's great. <laughs> Pretty good. Hey, Mr. Pinkle. <laughs> <laughs> What? Uh, yeah, I just like the vibes of this store. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, while that's happening, the Gamora flashback is happening. And you see this twice during the episode. Once through Gamora's memories through Mantis, and the other through Nebula's memories through Mantis, because it involves both of them. It's like their first big job together, and also the last one um, is their only big job together, I guess. Right. Uh, where it'll end. Nebula was told to kill the final boss of this area, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it looked from a distance, at the very least, like she was losing to him badly and she was about to be killed. Right. So Gamora runs so, up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she kills the guy. Yeah, and, and Nebula hates And Nebula's this. like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, WTF. Um, yeah, so from Gamora's perspective, after she saves Nebula's life, um, Nebula stabs her through the back. Um, isn't, isn't that just the, the shittiest thing? Yeah. Uh, but ain't that, ain't that a fuck? But from Nebula's perspective, she also stabs Gamora through the back, but only because Thanos said that if uh, if she didn't, he was going to kill her and be much more thorough about it. Oh, you can bet I will be mean. <laughs> I will be mean. I will be mean. I'm allowed to be mean. <laughs> um, yeah, it this one was uh, this one was cool to see uh, just the very slight differences because having Thanos in Nebula's ear the whole time and Gamora doesn't hear what he's saying. Uh, it definitely changes the emotional stakes of the the memory. I will say though um, that I feel like what they wanted to happen was for it to be like, oh well, now that you've seen both sides, who's to say who's in the wrong and who's in the right? I still think Nebula should have realized like, oh, okay, well I look like I just stabbed her, so she would be. It's it's one of those like, it's a little bit of a Wallace moment for me. Like Nebula, <laughs> you should just understand that Gamora would be mad about that. That's it's it's wild that you think she wouldn't be because she didn't hear Thanos in your ear, dude. Um, yeah, right. And I get that, but uh, you you know, it it's she did take her kill. Did you consider that? I just don't feel. I just don't feel like that's a. Uh significant part of this i don't know yeah you're you're right you're right that's true um but yeah you know what in order to in order to really care about this story in that part of it Uh you do you do need to be upset that gamora took nebula's kill and uh i i don't feel that way um but i could see it well i i I can see why it was so upsetting to Nebula. Sure. Yes. Well, I guess it wasn't actually, though, right? Because, um, like, she she only acted in rage because uh, of Thanos, uh, of what Thanos made her do. Right. Yeah, it's it's a little, true. it feels a little weird, uh, that just the emotional stakes of that one. But I... Uh, I, I I thought it was um, a fun if a fun moment to see like the Thanos era Gamora and Nebula again. Well, I guess for yeah. the first time, because um, you hear everything about them in the past tense of what they used to do for Thanos, and um, now you get to see it firsthand. Yeah, all all of Gamora's guilt. Gamora's always feeling so bad about the millions of people she killed. So like uh. you know, uh, <laughs> uh, it. They they don't really let you feel that way about her very often. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So so that's that. Um. Sort of backstory there. Yeah. Uh, and I I suppose that's the bulk of the episode. Yeah. Um. I I, I think that sums it up pretty well. Yeah. There's a lot of great. Um like process in this episode of how do we get to a place normally i don't like that but bit of these episodes or, or of of uh telltale game very often mm-hmm. uh or at least not as much as the main story through line because i think that is their writing department's strengths but in this episode in particular um they have a lot of great moments of like the reason i have to talk to drax in um in in the middle part where i'm talking to all the different people uh is contextualized so well with like hey uh mantis can't stand it mantis is having way too hard of a time um just trying to think because your team is in such disarray so you need to find out why they're feeling the way they're feeling um and i I really like that like so i talked to drax and i talked to groot and uh, with both of those, I, we came to some sort of an agreement where they feel better about it. Right. And Mantis gives you a little thumbs up. And then... Yeah, I, I like that. I like that she learns the thumbs up from Peter and she's like, oh, I'm going to do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, and I then I talk to Rocket and we don't come to an understanding. He's drunk and he's like, dude, go to hell and stay there this time. I'm a waddle away. And just because he yeah. physically leaves, Mantis is like, thumbs up. You did it. <laughs> Good job. You did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I like that. What did you say to Rocket there? I, uh, I wonder if it had, I wonder if it's the same outcome every time. Because you can say something that I feel like, well, I, I think he gets mad at you and just leaves either way. But What did, he say to you, what did you say uh, to him? Uh, I just told him, you don't mean that. You don't mean that. And he was just like, oh, so now you're telling me what I mean. (laughs) Uh, I told him, uh, dude, you're acting really greedy with wanting to kill someone or bring people back. You're acting ridiculous, baby girl. Or Lila would be upset with you. That's the choice. I was like, I I wonder if that would really be uncool to say to him. I admittedly was not pulling a punch with that one. That one... I knew I knew I was going to do some damage. It just I felt like I wanted to say it. Right, but did he apologize for what he said later? Yes. Okay, that well, that's a little uh, that makes sense. But I was thinking like, oh, I wonder if he apologizes if you cut him that deep with that because that seemed like a real personal thing. I just told him you don't mean that, and he was like, oh yeah, yeah, huh, I do. Yeah. And then later in the ship, he's just like, look, I said some shitty things. I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh, I was wondering, like, I wonder if you mentioned Lila, if he's just not sorry. But I guess he is. Yeah. In the moment, he says, Peter, you saw her for all of three minutes. And now you're talking like you know her. And he storms off. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, yeah, that is absolutely a good call. My, that's my bad. <laughs> that is that's yeah. on me. That's true. This is a true thing. <laughs> Um, well, that that's good. At least that that at least gives him a believable response to it. Yeah, but I think he also realized I was right. Is the thing I I think Lila right. would yeah. be upset about that. Yeah. Um. It it yeah it works. Mm-hmm. So what was Drax upset about for you? Well, Drax was upset that he couldn't guard um, Nebula. Okay. But then he goes. Okay, so when I brought Mantis on the ship. Uh, okay yeah i i set her to read rocket's mind oh okay what did you do i had to read drax's mind and that's what he was angry about yeah well he was angry about it on behalf of rocket for me he was like our our feelings are our own and you should not interfere in the pain of another um that was a good drax you should be the new drax that was you know what i kind of felt something there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i was you resonated with him yeah because sometimes you'll you, you'll start to do an impression and you'll be like oh i did i realize in the moment i do not have this at all that i was expecting that to be messed up and it kind of worked i'm just saying you were like hey um but that was a beautiful moment we just had. yeah but i i realized too late like oh it 
The only person who would be happy about this is Groot. I should have had her read Groot. That's a good point. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought doing it to Drax would be a funny joke, and it, I guess it wasn't. <laughs> well, yeah. So Drax said to me, I, I think word for word was, I was upset about you not letting me guard Nebula. But now I'm upset about you have, reading our minds with Mantis. And I just told him, okay, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, you're you're that, right. Too that's much. What I, I shouldn't too. have done it. That's what I did, too. Especially since I had to read his mind. At first, I, I wanted, they give you the option to just say, it was just a joke, Drax. I was just meeting Mr. Funny Man. But no, it's like, you know what? You are right. I should not have done that. Sorry. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I'm glad that you are sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, hmm. That, that one felt really easy. <laughs> it felt like... I am mad at you for the specific reasons I'm mad at you. And then Peter's like, okay, I got, I'm sorry. And he's like, good. Yes. Neat. <laughs> and I they mean, move on. They're all, they're all easy. Like even Rocket, you just go through the dialogue tree until he leaves. Well, yeah, I'm, I don't mean they're hard to get through. I'm just saying in, in terms of actually forgiving you, Drax does let you get there. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but he also throws in the end. Uh, as as a tack on, I'm very excited about seeing my daughter and wife again. If you choose wrong, I will be upset about that. <laughs> um, so I didn't choose wrong. So he might be upset at you next episode for uh, not even considering the possibility of turning on the forge. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, at least with Rocket, he seemed kind of like deep down he knew like he did want to use it to bring Lila back. But I think he begrudgingly understood. Like, he's pissed. He's like, oh, great job, Pete. Real, real way to fuck it up. But, yeah, like, there was that scene where uh, he's talk he's talking to Groot and Rocket just kind of shuffles off. Because Groot says, I want you to be happy, but this situation is not about you. And I think then Rocket's kind of like, well fine fucking whatever yeah um but drax i don't know i didn't i didn't really hear him say anything about it he could be very upset i think gamora is going to be very upset with me but i don't probably i don't feel that's fair because i i got her sister back uh (laughs) i really put the work into that one more so than she did She she just got angry immediately every time she said she wanted to talk yeah, that's the thing in these Telltale games. What does anyone else ever do for us? Mm-hmm. We we have to make everyone else happy, but then no one else has to put in the effort. Yeah, I I uh, I've had fun role playing that Peter Quill really actually cares about getting his mom back more so than a lot of other secondary goals. Which in a Telltale game, it's normally very easy to put your player character's desires to the side. Um, because right. it's like it, it's it's hard to disguise the fact that like this is the selfish option, um, right? So like, hey, just don't pick the selfish option; you'll be okay. Um, but but with Peter <laughs> Quill, like, man, he's selfish. That's that's something that's supposed to be true about him. That's uh, that's part of his character. He's selfish, but I also don't feel like he's stupid to me it would feel like no i don't think he's unintelligent yeah right but just uh up to that point multiple times people have said someone has to die for this to work you will have to kill someone for this work. and i know you said before oh yeah well the guardians killed people a lot yeah i i I just don't feel like philosophically i get it yeah it feels like to me peter would at least stop to think this is not right to kill someone to bring my mom back. Yeah, I think it's one of the, uh, it's, it's one of these things where like the philosophy of what the choice is supposed to be about. Maybe don't add it. Maybe it doesn't add up with the practicality of the situation. The characters find themselves in, um, because like, as it's pitched, yes, I think a machine that can bring someone back from the dead, but only if it kills someone who's currently alive is evil as it's pitched i i agree with that but that's kind of not the 
situation they find themselves in. They find themselves in a situation where people are dying around them unavoidably all the time. So, like, it's not killing someone who wasn't going to die. Yeah, yeah. so, like, just the... the um, it, it's tainted the philosophy of the choice, I think, is, is okay. something that I, I do take issue with. Um, it That kind of thing has come up in other Telltale games at this point as well. Um, where, like, oh, it could be a situation where it's one way or the other, but really, in this situation, like, well, they are, they're killing people already. I, I don't know. Uh, like, I'm trying to play it with that kind of practicality in mind, but... I think the game is designed to be played with mostly that philosophy in mind. Um, right. So that, yeah, that's, that's a, it, it's kind of a choice of like how generous you want to be to the game where mm-hmm. you're like, I know what you're going for. So I'll play it like that rather than I can see right there that that guy's just going to die. I'm not going to like waste his <laughs> life. That, he, that would be bad even for him. <laughs> you're not just gonna flush that life away. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're what? You're gonna not use his life? Come on, come on, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, that it that didn't really play as big a factor in why I destroyed it mm-hmm. as oh, if she wants to revive the Kree, she's gonna kill like a bunch of people. Yes, to bring yes, these people and, and uh, and then bad things will happen. In defense of the choice, I, I think that that's kind of like, that's the practical matter on the other side of the um, equation. So it does kind of balance out in the end. Right. And, and I, I will say the fact that they need to trade a life for a life, mm-hmm. that isn't like presented as being the big moral issue. Like a couple people bring it up, but it's obviously not like the important thing about oh i don't know i i kind of felt like it was i i got a lot of gamora and rocket had a a huge argument about it um and 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 peter has a lot most of his dialogue options in response to it mention that moral conundrum right i i guess it's more just like you have some people who definitely don't mind Mm -hmm. that issue like, I, I think that kind of balances it out. Like, it's not like a, oh, this is the obvious answer. Like, you have people here who are like, who cares? We can bring people we love back and it'll be great and cool. And just think about what you could do with this. Yeah. And But then you do have people who do see that bad side of, oh, yeah, people, you have to kill someone to bring someone back. That's not cool. Uh, so I think it does a good job of at least present, like, balancing who that's important to. Uh, yeah, and one thing I like about, uh, the way they present how the Infinity, or sorry, I did it this time, the Eternity Gorge, Forge. Oh no. (laughs) Forge. The, uh. The Infinity Forge. Yeah, the bippity-boop. It, uh, the way it works last episode, how it didn't bring Lila back, uh, Mantis explains to Rocket, like, well, yeah, it's uncharged, but also it's weak right now. And it couldn't, it can't bring someone back who's already decomposed. And, like, the way yeah, she has to phrase gone. that is, um, like, she phrases that very, very carefully. And you can tell that she's uh-huh. stepping around the the word decomposed, but she realizes, like, I do kind of just have to say the word. I liked the, the acting on that was, was very good. Um. Yeah. Holding back that, just that that word until you you have to say the word. It's a it, it's a very drama, um, like drama TV show style of line, and and you have to deliver it in a way that kind of fits in this comedy sci fi genre fiction video game. And it's a uh, impressive. Yeah, I'll I'll say this about it. I think every actor in this does a a really good job of uh selling the characters and that's usually the case in telltale games mm-hmm. but uh you know still shout it out yeah definitely um and, and also a lot of good uh a lot of good use of music in this episode we talk a lot of good music or not a good use a lot okay do you not feel that way 
No, no, I do. I well, just, we talked last uh, episode about. I just misheard what you said. Oh, my bad. Uh, well, we talked last episode about how we had some issues with the audio mixing um, and the yeah. audio presentation as a whole. I don't feel that way about this episode at all. I think they fixed it right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I'm glad, too. Yeah, same. Uh, I would have been upset if we just had the issue of, oh, the music's going to be extremely quiet going forward. Yeah. There, there's a. So in the. Um, in the season pass version of the game, the top menu is that song that goes, It's yeah. a little thing. It's a little Do you know what the name of that song is? No. Yeah, me neither. But I know the song. No, I don't. Yeah, I didn't even look it up. But, <laughs> but like, it, it's been the top menu music for the whole season, the whole time. But now we finally hear it in the game. And it's like the song that plays inside the church where Peter's mom had her funeral in his dream sequence. Yeah, he's he said it was her favorite song. Yeah, and it's it's Mantis luring Peter into the church to get close to her uh, his mom's coffin to open the coffin, which is actually the uh, like the stasis chamber that Mantis has been uh, holed up in the whole time. Uh, yeah, cool, she said she could only cool moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. She says she can only she could only reach out to them through their memories, uh, which you know, mm-hmm. shitty thing to do. But if it's her only option to be let out of there, yeah, I, uh, I, I guess I, so. I mean, nobody really holds it against her. I have Peter like say, "Hey, I I didn't like that," <laughs> as clearly <laughs> and as often as I can. But also, he clearly likes Mantis as a like. He's just he's having a great time when Mantis does anything. Yeah, Mantis. <laughs> understandable mantis is great mantis is great yeah um like the way that the music gets louder and louder and it it starts to become percussive and hurts gamora and peter's ears as like they're starts deteriorating starts sounding yeah yeah it's like warping which you don't hear from the top menu version of the song either so like it's like like it's distorting something you're already familiar with uh, and they have to crawl slower and slower on their way to the coffin to open it up. Where you think Peter's going to see his yeah. dead mom in there. Um, and yeah, good good use of the song. Really, really was impacted by that. Agreed, agreed. And that's not the only one of the episode. They have the other song that plays during a montage where uh, all the Guardians are yelling at each other and Mantis can't concentrate. So Peter puts on a like a happy... I, so I don't remember which song this was, but it was good uh, for this montage where he's just like covering people's mouths and giving them a raised eyebrow like, no, don't be Quiet. angry. Do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved it. You get a great scene of uh, Nebula and Drax arm wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then and then and Nebula's like she doesn't even have to do anything. And then Gamora comes in, and she's helping Drax push her robot arm down. Nebula's just like, hmm, whatever. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then Rocket sticks something in her arm to fry her up. Yeah, and then Rocket stood on all of them. But then Peter pulls his ear really hard, which I would have assumed would distract Mantis more. The the pain of some, uh, someone getting their ear pulled. Right. Yeah. I, I guess it's just to get him out of there so it's only temporary. It's a comedy beat. It's a comedy beat. Yeah. It's just for funsies. Just, just for just a little laugh. Yeah, it's just like throw throw away the, the thought of the moment. It's just a comedy beat. Uh yeah, and, and like Mantis is clearly loving being introduced to Peter's music as well. Yeah. Yeah. Dancing to it. Uh at one point she's outside the ship. <laughs> yeah. Just floating around. Yeah, Peter's like walking around trying to find her, and she's just outside, kind of squirming. I guess just having a good time. Well, she, I think she's listening to the music through. Her oh, is she? Helmet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because she was like dancing. Did they wire the music from the ship to play in the helmets? That's. Yeah. Uh, okay. I... Okay. That doesn't seem weird to me. That seems like oh, we're putting on these helmets. Let's give ourselves music to listen to. I, I mean, the music is always kind of just like just been peter's thing so that is a little weird to me um that like the whole team would kind of go through the effort of that but i i'm uh, well, i don't maybe they don't have you, d- deeply she yeah, was listening maybe to the music yeah yeah <laughs> um 
Yeah, I, I think we can call it there, unless we have anything else we want to talk about with this episode. Uh, I have a couple small oh, notes Oh, of course, I of course, let's do it. So, uh, I was looking through the uh, email messages at the end. Yeah. Uh, remember Rooks from the last episode? Yes, he, we have broken up. <laughs> yeah, he sends you an email, he's like, Look, Star-Lord, I'm sorry I have to say this, but that was actually pretty uncool, and I think I'm think i'm gonna delete my account <laughs> yeah because his email account was named like star lord fan forever or something like that uh oh it's heartbreaking yeah so he can't have that email anymore <laughs> <laughs> and peter's like oh no come on guy no it was fun we can still be friends can't we and it says uh this account is this is an inactive account <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one and, and howard Poor keeps guy. uh emailing peter howard the duck I feel bad for him. Howard just wants to be friends. He just wants to hang out. He says nobody showed up at uh, Bar Bolax last week, but let's try again for next week. Uh, it's like, are they <laughs> are they just ghosting this guy? Just hang out? With, I'd love to hang out with a cartoon duck. I think they are just ghosting Howard. I think they're ghosting Howard pretty hard. He's, he's probably a shitty guy, so I guess I understand. Well, no, he seems like an okay guy from his... Messages. I don't think he's a cool guy. I, I, I think he's probably a, a shifty character. Yeah, but I would be overjoyed. I'd be like, you are similar to Donald Duck. I'm going to hang out with you. How long does the novelty last on that, though? Like, the first day? And then, like, it's your friend. Of, of meeting a cartoon duck and just hanging out with him? I, think, I honestly think it would be shorter than you think it would. I think you would hang out with him for, like, maybe a, a few days, maybe. But eventually, it it's going to be like, we would hit it hey, can you drive me to the drugstore for drugs right now? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, me it's and my four wife, in the morning, my... Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, me and my wife ain't getting along so good. I got to go to the drugstore. So if you could come get me. <laughs> I have to go to the drugstore where they sell every drug. It seems it seems like he's always bringing up how he and his wife aren't getting along. <laughs> yeah, that's like his go-to excuse to get you to do like anything. Yeah, it's just like a it's a pathetic like deflection excuse where you're like, Howard, well, can you not pee on the carpet every time? And he's no. like, dude, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes back. I don't know. To it. Yeah, my wife's not doing so hot with the whole being know, married to me thing. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sorry, I had something in my throat. Uh, and Well, I don't know, because in his email, it's not like he's asking, like, hey, can you, like, give me some... Well, he is asking for money, but it's yeah, because dude. they owe him money. <laughs> it's because they owe him money. It, it's not because he's just like, I don't oh, think hey, Peter's have, good like, either. a dollar for the bus? Yeah, but that doesn't mean Howard should not be like, hey, you've been not paying me for a while. <laughs> but also, a lot of his emails are just... Hey, uh, would love to hang out sometime. Nobody came to the bar. Nobody showed up at my birthday party. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe next week. That's what the... He just wants to hang that's out. That's what the emails are, but that's not... Like, you know once you're there in that's, person, he's not that cool. You Hey, you, you know what? Objection. That's speculation. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, that's all I get. Okay, let's head into our segments. Who's your uh, who, who's your weekly to. guy? So I gave it to of Mantis. Of course, yeah, me too. Yeah, obviously. But, you know, part of it's just because I already loved Mantis in the movies. Mantis is just, Mantis is my favorite character. She's great. She's fun. Uh, and she is great here too. But when thinking about it, I think maybe Nebula might have been a little stronger in this episode. I I, I was I think thinking about Nebula we, as well. Yeah, I think what we get out of Nebula in this episode, specifically, is maybe a little stronger, a little more to latch onto. But Mantis is just such a fun character that I can't not pick Mantis. I, I, I just did want to shout out that we got some good Nebula stuff as well. Yeah, totally agree. I am also going to go with Mantis. Um, I I think that her being like imprisoned for a thousand years trying to connect with the Eternity Forge is a weaker sort of backstory and connection for her than what they end up doing in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But also that's like such a particular um, 
inspired way to do Mantis that I can't fault them too hard for not like yeah, being I as mean, good this, as, as that. This, yeah, I mean, was this episode this episode was after Guardians 2 came out, right? It was, but like the They might have already had I think they knew what the they were gonna do. Idea. Yeah, and well just like yeah. on the flip side, um the Rocket backstory is is basically um not only it's what the movies did, but it's like as good as what the movies did. Yeah. Um yeah, totally. Yeah. So done with a lot less. Uh yeah, so I, I do think it's a step down in terms of like how is this character characterized uh, in, in this setting versus in the other setting. Um, but, you know, it, it's not... And I, I don't know if that for, comparison I, it, is it works. Fair. I think it works for this enough. Though. Yeah, yeah. And um, I kind of... I, I think I'm digging the romantic possibility of Mantis and Quill in, with, with, like, probably a love triangle going on with Gamora. Then I did in the movies with Drax and Mantis. Um, because Drax and Mantis in the movies are... I, I think that's... I think they're a, a fun duo. Um, uh-huh. But I don't... I never I never liked the romantic be- thing between them so much. Um, was was there a romantic thing between them? Between Drax and Mantis? Yeah. I, in the movies? I, I felt there was. I, I didn't at all. I always got more of like a brother and sister dynamic with them, which is interesting considering she becomes, she admits she's Peter's sister. But I, I guess, I'll, yeah, they just struck me as like a fun pair of friends rather than like a romance. I didn't get any romantic vibes between them. I, I think you should write into the podcast, listener. Do you think that Drax and Mantis in the MCU Guardians of the Galaxy films had... A romantic undertone. Mitchell says yes. Dustin says no. But only you at home can decide with your vote. Send us those emails. Make sure they come in hot and heavy with only your truth opinions. Hot and heavy is my favorite kind. Uh, Choice cut. I'm just going to go with the Eternity Forge uh, powering it up or not. Yeah. I I mean, that's such a big one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, lately I, I've so, kind of been like leaning toward. Oh, this tiny choice was bigger, but um, I think this time just the big choice is bigger. So I'm gonna go with that just because what I originally had turned out not to be the case. Oh, okay, I because I thought you could just really piss off Rocket with what you say about Lila. Turns out no, he just forgives you either way, which is okay. fine. It still works. But when I was just like speculating, like oh. What would this get a different reaction? Just do I need to like really go through and navigate my way through what to say here? Uh, turns out no, so it's not as good a choice. So yes, I'm gonna say the uh, the forge. Do you think if like one of the reasons I've been thinking that Telltale Neo Telltale Telltale of today, if you will. If they still have any employees, which is up in the air, I don't, I don't know what their situation is there. But uh, do, do you think that if they went to the format of doing one uh, premium feature-length game rather than episodes, uh-huh. um, like if they did that, would that provide them an advantage in not having those little decisions? that feel like they should impact something, but, like, just kind of have to loop back to status quo. I feel, I feel um, like it could help. Um, it Just everything feel tighter. And, you like, you don't have to do that because you don't have to think about, like, well, I, I'm going to make another episode next month, so I need to make sure all the narrative ties go where they want to go. Um, so it's easier to contain things than to let things separate outward. Um, right. Yeah. I th- I think I'm there with you. I I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of the many reasons I, yeah, I think they I should think probably I, just do one big game nowadays. I think I agree. I I think you've really talked me into it. Yeah. I, I mean, if they have, again, like most of the Telltale games of of uh, classic Telltale, or I I mean, 
not classic Telltale, post-Walking Dead, but original Telltale. Uh-huh. Most of those games really do use, and appropriately use, the episodic format. So I'm not saying, like, Walking Dead Season 1, Tales from the Borderlands, The Wolf Among Us. I'm not saying any of those games shouldn't have been episodic. I think they use it, and it's appropriate, and it's built with that in mind. Um, but, like, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of hasn't felt as much that way as as one of the later Telltale games. And uh, and The Expanse didn't feel that way at all. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm kind of waiting to see what Wolf 2 is going to feel like. But um, just speculating here, like, at this rate, if they don't do something very, um, very specific in how they, like, kind of reevaluate what they're doing it'll it's it's likely to be that way too um yeah and like it's it's just such a big choice to make your game episodic in five parts rather than to make it just one game and if it's that right. big of a choice like you really can't take it for granted and i feel like with the expanse they made it five episodes because Telltale games have five episodes. Not because their story was five episodes, and not because they, they, they broke down mechanics into five chunks. It was just, Telltale has five episodes. Right. Especially since those episodes were so short. It's like, what would you lose if you it was just all one thing? Yeah, and then, like, I, I think that it's so important in game design to, like, if you're feeling like you have a problem because of one of the assumptions you made earlier on, um, f- you, you need to be flexible enough to throw away some work, sometimes a considerable amount of work, in order to reevaluate those um, those assumptions that have put you into a corner in terms of telling the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is sorry. That was more about the expanse than Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm I'm feeling it a little <laughs> here. Just when when we get to stuff like what was Rocket's choice ever like a real choice? I feel like it does kind of touch that um aspect of I the mechanics. Right. It it gets to the point where I don't know how I was going fi- to I was going to finish that. I guess uh Guardians and the Expanse have a lot more in common than you thought, huh? Yeah, they're in space. Yeah, they're in space. Th- there's a there's thing. A, there's a bunch of get? Um, stasis corpses that they want to bring back. Yeah, you're playing as a character. Jetpack? Jetpack is similar to Jet Boots. That's true. You yeah. got to keep the family together. Yeah, there's like people. Mantis. You interact with. Yeah, Mantis is <laughs> Mantis in is in it. <laughs> uh, what's your golden moment? Uh, I really like that arm wrestling scene in the montage. I that was fun. I was really, really close to saying the Mantis montage with, with the arm wrestling scene and everything. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll expand it to the montage in general. It was it was fun overall. The arm wrestling bit was my favorite part, but the whole thing was. Fun. I liked seeing Mantis have fun and dance. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it too. You know what? It might be mine. I I, I, I am going to say that. The other one I was going to okay, say... Okay, well, what was your other Yeah, the, the other one I was, that was in contention was that um, that playing with the song during the crawl toward the coffin in the dream sequence. That's um, a good one, too. Yeah, it's just audio, video, uh, gameplay, like the way you hold forward on the control stick felt um, yeah. molasses-like and... You could feel the friction there. Um, just everything was working together very well in that moment for the cinematography of the scene to pull through in a very uh, totally um, in a very cool way that only video games can do. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, uh, but I am glad you picked the montage as well. It's just a fun montage. She does such tiny dance yeah. moves. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I. I I like her enjoying this after a thousand years in stasis. Yeah, I wonder how it compares to like her old music. <laughs> Probably sucked. Her old music from a thousand years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she was on some good stuff. I don't know. Maybe maybe they had some well, stuff. Well, if it ain't still around, I guess it wasn't that great. Yeah. Okay, you're right. If Mantis music was so good, <laughs> where was Mantis music too? 
Yeah, how come she wasn't listening to Mantis music too? She she didn't go up to Peter and say, "Uh, your music's okay, but listen to this." <laughs> Our Beatles had seven members. <laughs> um, Beatles, Mantis. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a bug joke. Throwing it for Ooh. Dustin. Uh, that was a good. I'll add that one to the list. Well, thank you for listening to the episode. I believe we've hit our natural conclusion. Uh, <laughs> join us next week where we, uh, we 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 go and we talk about episode four of Guardians of the Galaxy: The yeah. Telltale Series. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see if we can get around to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it a shot. Who's to say? <laughs> uh, and until next week, have a great summer. Have an even better summer than that. <laughs>